This week in the parish of bourses and market structure, God mode, as FTX looks to Lazarus, Eurex stir, and SBF is threatened. As we enter the year of the rabbit, happy Lunar New Year, everyone. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 178. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events and happenings from the past seven days can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter. The unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com. Aside from the bankruptcy proceedings enveloping crypto lender Genesis, this week in Exchange Invest's unique BitCarnage coverage, we discussed the God mode in the technology at FTX and wondered whether that was a sound basis for a resurrection, which has been suggested by current CEO and liquidator John J. Wright III. God mode itself is quite common in computer games. SBF played a lot of computer games, often during FTX meetings, and indeed from his many recent utterances, appears a tad messianic. Thus, an exchange with God mode might appear ludicrous to we practitioners of classical exchanges. But to a boy king, sun god, it's not a question of guilt or no guilt. This was a return to pure play, divine right governance. Meanwhile, SBF is under threat. The New York Post notes a car drove into a barricade outside Sam Bankman-Fried's house while apparently shouting, you won't keep us out, to a security guard who is in the employ of the SBF family. This sort of intimidating behaviour is grotesque and we need the justice system to do its thing and jail a guilty SBF if that's how his trial concludes. At the same time, it raises an intriguing issue. Sam Bankman-Fried's Family pays $10,000 a week for armed security, according to sources, again mentioned in the New York Post. Excuse me? The SBF family were alleged to be teetering on the brink of announcing bankruptcy just a few months ago, and yet they have sufficient funding for SBF's high-profile defence, as well as 10k per week for security. Oh, and it seems to have been business class flights all the way by coastally for hearings too, by the way. I have nothing against business class, per se. It's an essential tool for commercial frequent flyers. My point is, the spending numbers appear to be adding up to more than the sum total of circa 350000 in two times law professor's salaries. I have no interest in the vitriol against SBF. Violence against him would be a travesty, and I do sympathise that his parents are suffering a hideous stress. But then again, they put their names on a $16 million Bahamian property. So they are not guilt. Oh, sorry, that ought to be by their own credo. They are, of course, entirely guilt-free. Great article in Reuters this week, the excellent Hugh Jones. 
pen some analysis. Frankfurt stirs up the Euro-clearing battle with London. Delighted to say that PLY himself was quoted therein. It was a joy to manage to be mentioned. Margin offsets remain the key problem as ICE has a broader pool of competing asset classes to offset than monocurrency Eurex, amongst the remarks attributed to my good self. The LME's CEO, Matt Chamberlain, he's hopeful that he's going to manage to get a reversion to Asian R's for nickel futures in the near future on the LME, despite marked reluctance from the UK regulators at the FCA. Fascinating news. The latest employment figures from Morgan McKinley suggest there are more workers in the city's financial services sector than has been seen since 2017. Quite fascinating altogether, despite Brexit and also broadly ignored by the mainstream media. Elsewhere, fascinating analysis from The Motley Fool. The Mottles are bullish collectively on, in alphabetical order, SIBO, ICE and Nasdaq simultaneously, thanks to the upcoming proposed payment for order flow reforms of the SEC. It was a busy week for results in the parish. All the details were in Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. For the sake of this podcast, let's look at some edited highlights. Schwab released their Q4 earnings and overall 2022 revenues were up 12%. Q4 revenues up 17%. The Indian Energy Exchange, on the other hand, didn't manage to do quite so well. Its Q3 net profit dipped over 4% falling to 9 million US dollars. There were record clearing volumes, incidentally, when the numbers were totted up for the year at LCH, with growth across services and regions, an expansion of the offering of for the uncleared derivatives market also paying off. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. In new markets, it was equally a busy week for new markets in the parish with all the information in Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. For the sake of this podcast, let's look at some edited highlights. Artex have established what they claim is the world's first art shares exchange, co-founded by His Sovereign Highness Prince Wenceslas of Liechtenstein, who's serving as chairman and with some six plumbing as well as LSEG Univista support. Perhaps most interestingly in this venture is the absolute absence of NFT acronym deployment. That moniker could be a victim of Crypto 1.0's demise. The one confusing element is that a multitude of ventures have already deployed Artex as a brand for some other form of art market, quite often on blockchains. The city of Busan, they're going to be establishing a digital assets exchange, apparently, which contradicts previously where they were talking about doing a pure crypto exchange. But then at the same time, it's quite feasible that they decided they didn't want to be so closely partnered with the likes of 
FTX, who was previously named in the frame alongside Binance and Huobi as frontrunners to be the partners in the putative crypto exchange that is now being rolled out as either a digital asset or a digital commodities exchange, according to which news story you are reading. In deal news, it was a busy week for deals in the parish, with them all covered in Exchange Invest Daily once again. Reuters are going to create 100 jobs and reboot their paywall following a deal with the London Stock Exchange, while the paywall remains, frankly, the apotheosis of media stupid. Adding 100 new editorial posts across four key areas, financial markets, mergers and acquisitions, the energy transition and data visualisation to bring stories to life will add a welcome angle for all of us to read albeit we probably won't bother logging into or using a paywall on Reuters because we'll have the opportunity to read it free via aggregators who are paying the Reuters subscription fees such as Nasdaq or Yahoo. Black Knight, their shares were gaining this week because there's news that there may be some divestitures coming in the ICE sale, but that would mean that the ICE acquisition actually goes through, which is something investors have been cynical about in recent months. One thing investors have also been cynical about in recent times is just who's going to win in the future economy of fintech. That's why my latest book, Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World, covers precisely that topic. It's published by DV Books and distributed by Ingram Worldwide. Meanwhile, while you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to arrive, check out our live stream Tuesday, 6pm London time, 1pm New York time. It's the IPO video live show. Catch the back episodes on Facebook, LinkedIn and YouTube via IPO-vid. Our latest show was the excellent Why the World Needed a Fifth Options Exchange with Bruce Goldberg. Product news this week. Uh, regulatory scrutiny has been driving growth in third-party certification of green social and sustainability bonds through 2022, according to a report from ICE. On the other hand, that led us in exchange invest to ponder quis verificiat ipsos custodes, one might ponder, because a key issue in, for example, carbon markets is the speed of certification, and clearly there may be issues with who is certifying the rush of green bonds, lest we return to a classic greenwash equivalent to the AAA of everything approach within mortgage bonds pre-2008, for instance. That's not to contradict the ICE report. It is welcome that more are seeking certification. The concern may arise about certification quality and speed of delivery going forward. In other product news, the Lagos Commodity Futures Exchange are set to onboard Emota Rice Receipts for Trading. And ICE have launched ICE Digital Trade Documents to digitise paper-based post-trade and shipping processes for the energy industry. Hooray, 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 I say. Finally, another piece of news from ICE in the product arena. ICE have launched a carbon-neutral US Electricity Futures Index. Technology news this week, Nasdaq Private Markets, they've acquired premier private company data products. Equally, TFEX in Thailand are aiming to implement a new trading system and uplift products and services to meet investor demand in 2023. Then there was a little surprise as we find that the recent CEO of FTX US, Brett Harrison, admittedly he jumped ship quite a long while, aka weeks, before the... Uh, well, ordure hit the fan around at FTX, having already previously been unable to work with Sam Bankman-Fried. Thus, Brett Harrison has announced a very handy $5 million seed funding round for his new trading infrastructure for global digital asset markets play, Architect. 
Regulation news this week. One big note, Nexo agreed to pay $45 million in penalties and cease unregistered offering of crypto asset lending product in the USA after being sued by the SEC. Given a horde of Bulgarian fraud squad members bashed the door down on HQ and Sofia last week, it's kind of academic that this announcement is made, but it looks as if the SEC have at least got their booty from the fine. And also, of course, they get yet another opportunity to push forward on their precedents that they've been suing across the board in the world of crypto. Korea has this week, Matthias Zishang and Tobias Vogel have been elected as chairman of the exchange councils of the Frankfurt Stock Exchange and Eurex Deutschland, respectively. Which leaves us only to note that it's worth considering that despite Brexit, despite Covid and despite all else besides, the City of London Corporation reports that city jobs were up 15% in the four-year period from 2017 to 2021. Where those bitter losers, the Euro rejoiners, are still snarking that the city is finished and British financial markets are floundering, the truth is the City of London added roughly 75,000 jobs. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young, recording this week from the United Arab Emirates. I wish you all a great week in blockchain, life and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our program, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.